This evening we're going to take a few minutes to have a meditation from the passage in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 through 8, to help us reflect on this evening and to look ahead to the season of Lent. It's printed here in your order of worship. You can follow along there as I read. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. This is God's word given for our good. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would speak to us tonight by your word and through your spirit. Give us hearts to receive and to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, our passage offers a familiar image, grass. Grass. If we go outside and the outside of waters here or on our sidewalks or at the park right now, I think most of the grass is covered by snow after today's snowstorm. But if we dig underneath of that snow, we'll find grass. Probably won't look the best right now, right? A little green, a little brown, a little muddy. But you and I know that the time is coming. It will come in a, a month, a couple months, in which the sun will come out, the snow will go away. The grass that's hidden now will be growing. It will be green, it will be lush, and it will have to be cut. And the clippings will be tossed aside. And Isaiah asks us to take this very familiar image, this very familiar idea of grass that we can stand on, that we can touch, that we all know, and to think about it as an image, an image of mortality, of the transient nature of life, here today and gone tomorrow, quickly grown and quickly withered, blown this way and that by every wind. And so it is, says Isaiah, of humanity. So it is with all flesh, he says. There is no exceptions for you and for me and for all that we would know. The ashes that are applied to our foreheads come from last year's palm branches from the Palm Sunday celebration. After sitting in a closet dark for a year, these faded and dried out palms are burned. I did it myself successfully. <laughs> I always wonder if it will work. But the grass withers, the flower fades, and these palms at one point were green and crisp are now signs of death and limits upon our skin. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Ashes are dirty and messy, too crumbly, too oily, too messy, but they are presented here to remind us of our origin and to remind us of our end. And I want us to take this a little bit of time tonight to Think about two things. One is what these images tell us and what it might mean for us to consider them, to hold on to them. So what, what does this image from Isaiah tell us? Well, One, it tells us that we are to be humble and that we are to be reminded of our limitations and of our mortality. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, the word beauty here in our passage is also at times translated dependable. And it's the Hebrew word hesed, actually, which when talking of God is translated steadfast loving kindness. 
enduring, sheltering kindness. And in this context, it carries the idea of reliable or dependable, that which endures. And Isaiah is inviting us to take hold of and to recognize that humans in our human activity lack such endurance. But God and God's will stand forever. Do not fade. The grass dries up, the flower withers. You can picture a period of heat, and all of a sudden the green grass turns brown. God's beautiful trustworthiness is different than this. It does not end in the face of death. It does not end at the point of your and my disobedience. Therefore, the path of hope and freedom does not lie in our strength or our vitality, but through the grace of a God who endures. So this image that Isaiah gives us and reminds us of our limitations and our mortality, but it also tells us something else. It reminds us that the great human powers that we see around us, the forces of the world, are also limited, and they too will end. Isaiah is speaking to a group of people who at that time were feeling overwhelmed. They were oppressed by the powers around them, the great powers of the world. And they might be thinking, Isaiah, you told us earlier that the light will shine upon us, and that sounds nice, but how can God help us when the powers and forces are so great? And Isaiah is crying out to them and to you and me when we feel the weight of how the world is, the injustice and the evil. Isaiah is crying out, those great powers are transient as the wildflowers. They are no more dependable, no more enduring than a blade of grass. Those around us, people or systems may boast or proudly assume that they are in control and will be ongoing, but no human force can avoid withering and fading. No power will be able to prevail against God or will stop God from delivering his people. And so it, this evening is not only a chance for you and I to think about our own mortality and limits, but to acknowledge around us the mistreatment the injustice or the evil of the world at work. And to remember that those things will come to an end and God will make a promise to make all things new. For the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Here is what is reliable, what will endure, what will continue. So the images invite us to some truths to think about for ourselves in this world but the second part, I want us to think about what would it mean for you and I to consider these things, to, to receive them. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Flannery O'Connor, an author, kind of reflecting on this statement of Jesus, she adds her own thought, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. Ah, it's strange, different than expected. And if you're like me, the idea of having ashes put upon your skin and told directly that you are mortal and will die can feel odd. You and I know we live in a culture that doesn't like to speak of weakness, much less death. 
We don't want to be reminded that we cannot in the end save ourselves or save others from withering and fading. Must we really have the sign of the cross put on our foreheads? Must we really be reminded or reminded of those that we love that they shall return to dust? What I want you to hear this evening is that the Scriptures consistently tell you and they tell me that it's only path to new life and to faith that transforms is when we have the reminder of intense need before God. Our intense need and intense limits. It's by encountering these things and taking hold of them that we now are open to hearing a word from God instead of from ourselves. We spend so much time, right, convincing ourselves or others that we have things under control. Effort of looking good, of working hard, of trying to be in charge of our life, even in charge of our religious practice or our mortality or how others see us. What a relief it is, what a good news it is that we are invited to acknowledge our limits, to acknowledge our sin and brokenness, that we break even our own hopes and expectations. What a relief it is to be reminded that we all together face a need in our physical or mental or emotional struggles and pain, when we think about our own death or the loss of those that we love, it's helpful to have it acknowledged, but it's also helpful that there's something beyond ourselves. See, the ashes remind us that we can repent of our self-sufficiency, our self-satisfaction, and turn to God's grace. The ashes remind us of our mortality and invite us to turn our eyes to God who endures. The ashes are an ancient sign of humility and mortality, but the ashes also make a bold proclamation for they're in the shape of the cross, telling us not only of our death and our sin, telling us of God's steadfast love, fully displayed in the cross of Jesus. It's the right reminder not just of death, but the pledge of resurrection. That you and I have the possibility of hope in the face of our own depravity and our own mortality. This is the invitation for us to, in our need to confess it and to acknowledge the need that we may be open to God who can speak words of hope and life, words that endure to us. For our bodies will turn to dust and ash, but in Christ... Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the promise that as Christ has risen, so too will we when we're attached to him. This is the good news. So as we hear that we are dust and to dust we shall return, let us also hear that we can repent and trust the gospel of Christ. For Lord, in your mercy, you are generous. And in your mercy, please receive us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us of truth about who we are in this world, but you also speak hope to us in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.